Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, fellow believers, and welcome back to the Combat Bets podcast on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Jason Barrett. I'd like to start this episode off by recapping UFC 246. Let me start with the main event between Conor McGregor and Donald Cerrone. It only took McGregor 40 seconds to dispose of Cerrone and announce himself as one of the best fighters in the world in the UFC. Now, we really shouldn't discount what McGregor did and put Cerrone down. Cerrone has a resume that stacks up with the best in the sport. He's had some great wins, and when he goes up against elite competition, like against Justin Gaethje, Tony Ferguson, now Conor McGregor, Cerrone shows that he's just a step behind and can't quite compete with the elite guys in his weight class. For McGregor, the future is incredibly bright and lucrative. He, he did well on this pay-per-view, although I must say the card as a whole was pretty weak outside of the main event. McGregor looked absolutely sensational, starting out with some unorthodox shoulder strikes that we've never really seen before in the sport, and uh, Cerrone didn't expect him to do it after he did it once, and then... McGregor hit him about four times with shoulder strikes and then a beautiful head kick followed up with some finishing off ground and pound as uh, Cerrone uh, went to his knees. Herb Dean had no choice but to stop the fight. Now, nobody had ever done this to Cerrone before. Sure, he got knocked out by Justin Gaethje and Tony Ferguson made him so he couldn't see out of one eye, but no one had disposed of him so quickly and so emphatically in the way that McGregor did. Now, uh, Dana White said uh, in the news conference following the event that the fight that makes sense to make next would be McGregor versus Nurmagomedov for the lightweight title, a rematch. Now, this hinges on Khabib, Uh, defending his belt against Tony Ferguson in April. If Khabib gets past Ferguson, then the most likely next opponent for McGregor will be Khabib, judging by what Dana White said in the post-fight news conference. Now, McGregor looked a lot better than he did when he fought Khabib in 2018, but Khabib is just on another level of athlete. His grappling is unlike anything we've seen before. His background, uh, he grew up learning combat sambo, judo, and wrestling. And now his striking game is still improving as his UFC career continues. And if a rematch like that does happen, I still like Khabib to beat uh, McGregor once again. Just because I think his grappling is far superior and McGregor tends to gas out in the later rounds. Moving on to the co-main event between Holly Holm and Raquel Peddington. 
Holm looked pretty good in this fight. It was some back-and-forth action. Not the most exciting fight, but Holm showed that uh, she can still fight and still deserves uh, to be put on big cards as one of the uh, biggest uh, women uh, stars in the sport. Um, and then, of course, you had Olenek, Volk, Olenek versus Maurice Green. Olenek is just a ridiculous uh, level of heavyweight. He is not at all interested in trading on the feet. Instead, he wants to get you to the ground and squeeze the life out of you. Amazingly, Maurice Green did not tap out in the first round after uh, Olenek had, had locked up uh, Ezekiel Choke. He lasted into the second round where eventually he succumbed to an armbar. But Maurice Green showed great uh, resistance and great heart in that fight, and uh, Olenek is just uh, a ridiculous uh, wrestler, and any heavyweight should be worrisome of him whenever they step in the ring, whenever they step in the octagon, excuse me. Now, also uh, on this night, there are some great boxing matches on ESPN with Top Rank, and then on Fox with uh, the PBC. Let me start with the ESPN main event between uh, Edgar Alvarez and Michael Seals. Michael Seals was coming off a long layoff because he didn't believe he was getting the fights he deserved and uh, was, was didn't want to be a stepping stone for anyone, so instead chose for low ring activity. And in fact, he has a degree in uh, education, so it's not like he has to fight to make a living. He could, uh, you know, he's a teacher as well, I assume. But uh, in this fight, it was relatively low action. Neither fighter could really gain a rhythm. Uh, it was kind of an awkward style matchup for both fighters. And uh, really, it only takes one punch in the light heavyweight division at 175 pounds. And Editor Alvarez stamped his name once again as a contender list for, uh, you know, those titles that right now Better Biev and uh, Bival hold, uh, the two Russian great light heavyweights that hopefully will fight each other in 2020. But let me get back to the fight between Alvarez and Seals. Alvarez caught him with an absolutely beautiful left hook knockout absolutely sensational one of the best knockouts you will see all year and it already happened in uh, mid-january so if you haven't seen that fight make sure to watch it it was a vicious seventh round knockout and uh, editor alvarez uh stamped his name you know as one of the contenders and we should look out for big things from this from this boxer who was recovering coming off an achilles injury and still looked sensational uh, getting past a very awkward opponent and uh, awkward style matchup. And then moving on to the Fox card, let me go to the main event between Julian Williams and uh, Jason Rosario. Now, Rosario was a big underdog in this fight, coming in at plus 900, while Julian Williams, big favorite, minus 2,500. And uh, you can see why the odds were so... Uh, Stacked against Rosario, he was this 
relatively uh, unknown Cuban fighter that's getting this title shot and had to fight Julian Williams in his own backyard as Julian Williams is a Philly fighter and this fight happened in uh, Philadelphia. Despite all this, uh, Rosario proved to be a, a, a bad style matchup for Williams. Early on in the fight, Williams got a cut just about in the worst place you could get a cut as a fighter, right on the eyelid that uh, was obviously impairing his vision. And this uh, cut came from a punch and not uh, a headbutt or anything like that, so it was perfectly legal. And following uh, the cut that Julian Williams sustained, I believe, in the second round, he was never uh, really the same fighter after that, uh, always concerned about his eye, and Rosario took full advantage, peppering the eye with jabs and uh, power, power shots. And then the end came swiftly, in the fifth round, uh, as Rosario staggered Williams, and uh, Williams was able to get back up, but the end came soon after that as he jumped on him, and the accumulation of punches was just too much, and the referee was forced to stop the action. This huge upset uh, now uh, has a new title holder in uh, the 154-pound division, and it should be interesting to see who Rosario fights next. Now, there's a rematch clause uh, with Julian Williams, so if that rematch class is taken out, he will fight Julian Williams once again, and uh, we'll see if Williams can get past him. Rosario is a heavy-handed puncher that has power in both hands, and, uh, you know, he's capable of knocking guys out, just as he showed uh, last Saturday. Now, for Williams, he has to go back to the drawing board, see what he did wrong, see what he can improve on, because he looked absolutely sensational and great in his previous fight against Jarrett Hurd, and that is part of the reason why he was such a big favorite going into this fight. And despite all that, Rosario upset the apple card and had the greatest night of his life. All these fights happened this uh, past Saturday on January 18th, and I do recommend watching uh, these fights. There are some exciting knockouts and uh, some great upsets that uh, we got to see. And before I move on to next week's fight, I just wanted to touch on uh, the Babu Jack versus Jean Pascal light heavyweight uh, fight that happened a few weeks ago. It was a Showtime card. Now, unfortunately, Babu Jack once again came out on the wrong end of a decision. But it was really a close fight, and I thought Babu Jack won because he really came on strong in the second half and did end up getting the knockdown of Pascal in the later rounds. Now, as a boxing fan, it's really, um, what do you prefer to watch? Do you prefer to watch the crazy wild guy winging punches and going crazy in there, just trying to land a big shot like Jean Pascal was, or do you prefer the more calculated, fundamental, beautiful boxing approach that Babu Jack was able to employ, hitting him with jabs and coming on him straight on with his punches versus the wild swinging punches that Jean Pascal was, was sometimes landing but often missing. Now for me, I prefer the style of Babu Jack, the true warrior sense mentality that he has, the great boxing acumen that he has. Those are the type of fighters that I enjoy watching. And it was a great light heavyweight matchup that was, of course, marred by the terrible uh, decision that uh, unfortunately was given to Jean Pascal, although I, shot, I, although I believe that Baba Jack should have deserved that decision. 
uh, as he did put on a boxing clinic despite having a very tough opponent that threw wild punches and uh, was very hard to predict. But give credit to Jean Pascal, he came out, he fought, he fought hard, and uh, you know he gave himself a chance to get the decision, and uh, it went his his way. But unfortunately for Babu Jack, another loss on his record, as he can never seem to get any luck in this sport. Now let's move on to uh, this upcoming weekend's fights. Let me start with boxing before I go into the UFC. Now, uh, on January 25th in New York, on Showtime, we have Danny Garcia versus Ivan Redcatch. Now, Danny Garcia does have to do uh, a little bit of redemption in his career because he did lose to Keith Thurman, and, uh, you know, he hasn't won all his fights. Garcia is one of the best fighters in the world, one of the most fundamentally sound, able to come forward and hit you straight on with punches, and uh, always seems to have great footwork, able to get in and out of range, and not always get hit. And he's a really great inside fighter too, is uh, Danny Garcia, one of my favorite fighters to watch, and I'm excited that he's uh, you know, going to enter the ring once again against Ivan Redcatch. Now, Redcatch did have a knockout in his last fight against Devin Alexander, but uh, Danny Garcia is a much better opponent than uh, uh, Devin Alexander. And uh, while Redcatch does have some power and does have um, some decent fundamentals, I believe that Garcia's uh, experience, his ring generalship, his ability to pop the job out there, and then, of course, uh, his power left, um, I believe that Garcia should get the win and uh, once again establish himself as a big name in the sport of boxing and set himself up for big fights in the future against perhaps Manny Pacquiao, you know, maybe Terrence Crawford. Danny Garcia says he'll fight anyone, so this is a big night for him, and he needs an emphatic knockout win to get the big fights he wants. So look forward to seeing Danny Garcia back in the ring, uh, a truly great fighter, although his dad can be sometimes crazy, Angel Garcia, but, you know, Danny Garcia loves him. They seem to get along well. He seems to be training his son well. So that uh, partnership seems to be working well, and we'll see how Garcia performs on January 25th. Now, not only is Danny Garcia fighting on this card, also in the co-main event, we have Jarrett Hurd versus Francisco Santana. Now, we know Jarrett Hurd because of... Uh, his past wins, and uh, he's one of the, you know, a good fighter, but still has to prove himself to truly, um, you know, considered to be elite in his uh, division at a light middleweight. Uh, so, as we know, he did beat Arislandi Lara by split decision, followed that up with the KO Jason Wellborn, and then of course, we know a unanimous decision loss to Julian Williams, where he lost uh, his WBA, IBF, and IBO light middleweight titles. And uh, after that loss, Julian Williams was considered the best uh, light, uh, light middleweight in the division, but after Jason Rosario upset him and knocked him out in the fifth round, now Rosario seems to be the man. And um, if Jared Hurd can get 
an emphatic win uh, this upcoming Saturday on January 25th when he fights Francisco Santana. He could put himself in, himself in the in the ring, perhaps to to fight Jason Rosario for his titles that he did take from Julian Williams. It's a it's suddenly become a very interesting division, and if Her, if Heard does get past Santana, which I expect him to, he'll uh, set himself up for some bigger fights in the future and a chance to get the titles back that he lost against Julian Williams. So remember, on January twenty fifth. Main event on Showtime from New York, Danny Garcia versus Ivan Redcatch, 12 rounds, welterweight division for the WBC welterweight title eliminator. And then in the co-main event, remember we have Jarrett Hurd versus Francisco Santana, 10 rounds, uh, junior middleweight uh, fight. So enjoy those fights, and uh, let's see what else we have coming up here. Uh, January 30th on uh, on Zan for Miami, we have one of the best and most feared welterweights in the division. No one seems to want to fight this guy at 160 pounds. Demetrius Andrade versus Luke Keeler. Now Andrade is a somewhat of a great. He's a great fighter uh, with great fundamentals and uh, has really long arms. Long reach, so it's hard to get on the inside against Andrade. And Andrade has been talked about as possible opponent for Canelo Alvarez, for Gennady Golovkin. And until Andrade gets these big fights, the general fight fan is not going to know how great he is because uh, in this sport, you build your name based off on other names. So he needs to get in the ring against other big names to truly establish himself as a great fighter in the sport, and uh, if he fights the caliber of an Alvarez or Golovkin and does well, uh, you know, maybe he loses a close decision, it'll show that Andrade is indeed one of the best in the division, as many uh, already believe he is. And then, so Demetrius Andrade will be fighting Luke Keeler for Andrade's WBO middleweight title, and that fight will be on January 30th from Miami on Dizan. So enjoy that fight. I expect Andrade to win. And since he doesn't usually uh, get knockouts, I'm going to say it's a decision. But, you know, he should go for the knockout to try to get those big fights. And then uh, also on that card, we have Tevin Farner versus Joseph Diaz Jr. 12 rounds for Farmer's IBF Jr., uh, lightweight title. Tevin Farner is, is one of the best uh, smaller fighters in all of boxing. Very quick on his feet, able to move around the ring, get in and out of range. Uh, I've been really impressed with Farmer's recent performances, and uh, if he does beat Joseph Diaz Jr., I'd like to see Farmer get in there against the likes of uh, Leo Santa Cruz, maybe if he's not too big, a Tiafima Lopez see him step up his in competition because it's clear that Farmer can beat most uh, boxers that he steps in the ring with, but it's unclear if he can beat the elite in his division and uh, in the surrounding divisions. So the, farm, uh, the future is very bright for Farmer, and remember that'll be um, also on January 30th when Tevin Farmer fights Joseph Diaz Jr. for Farmer's IBF Jr. lightweight title and I like Farmer to win this fight. And uh, 
most likely by decision. And then uh, one last boxing match before I go to the UFC that I like to preview is a matchup on February 1st from Haiku, China. It'll be uh, broadcast on ESPN and ESPN Deportes. And um, in the main event there, we have Jose Ramirez versus Victor Postal for Ramirez WBC and WBO Junior welterweight titles. Ramirez is one of the best at 140 pounds, if not the best in the world at, at 140. And Postal is a great fighter with a great jab, a long reach, good fundamentals, able to control the ring, able to control the distance. But Ramirez uh, just has a different level of power, a different level of skill than Postal. And Postal, uh, it's interesting because he's also been in against who many consider the other best fighter at 140 pounds, Josh Taylor, as Josh Taylor did win the World Boxing Super Series. But before that, he fought Victor Postal and uh, Josh Taylor beat Postal by decision. I expect Ramirez to also beat Postal and, um, you know, perhaps set up a future fight with uh, Jose Ramirez and Josh Taylor that I think all boxing fans want to see to determine who truly is the king at 140 pounds. So uh, if Ramirez looks good against Postal, expect the Taylor fight to happen later on in 2020. If you don't know who Josh Taylor is, he's a great Scottish fighter that has come to prominence in recent years and uh, got a close uh, win against Regis Progress and uh, also has been Victor Postal, Postal, as I stated earlier. So I expect Ramirez to beat Postal, most likely by decision, as Postal is a very uh, tricky fighter to get out of there. So remember that fight's coming up February 1st from uh, Haiku, China. And that will conclude my boxing previews for the upcoming weeks. Uh, tune into those fights, and um, thank you for listening. Now let me move on to uh, the upcoming UFC card uh, this weekend. On January 25th, uh, from the PNC Arena in Raleigh, North Carolina, we have UFC Fight Night Blades vs. Dos Santos. Here we have Curtis Blades vs. Junior Dos Santos in the heavyweight um, main event. Both fighters stand at 6'4". Uh, Curtis Blades slightly outweighs him. Um, Blades has the longer reach by three inches. And uh, right now, Blades is listed as minus 250 favorite. Dos Santos is a plus 200 underdog. So um, uh, Blades is favored here, but I think it's going to be a pretty close fight. Now let's look at uh, their records. So in uh, Dos Santos' last time out, in uh, June of 2019, he lost by TKO to Francis Ngannou in the first round. We all know Francis Ngannou has ridiculous power and is one of the scariest punchers in all of the heavyweight division and uh, is capable of knocking anyone out. But before that, um, Dos Santos was actually doing well. After losing to Stipe Miocic, uh, by TKO punches. He then went on to beat Black, Blackoy Ivanov by unanimous decision. Then he beat Taya Tuivasa by TKO punches. 
and then he beat Derek Lewis by TKO, TKO punches in the second round, and that was um, in March of 2019. And then unfortunately, he followed up the Derek Lewis win with a TKO loss to Francis Ngannou. Um, and now let's move on and look at uh, Curtis Blades' recent record as well. Uh, in Curtis Blades' last time out, he beat Shamil Abdur. Uh, Rakimov, having a little trouble pronouncing his name, forgive me, uh, by TKO Elbow and Punches, and that was in September 7th uh, of 2019. And then before that, he beat Justin Willis by unanimous decision. However, Blades was also victim to Francis Nganu's power, as he also lost to Nganu by TKO Punches uh, in round one. And that was in uh, November of 2018. So both these fighters have felt the power of Nganu, and uh, both these fighters are definitely uh, capable of, you know, winning big fights at at the heavyweight level. Now, Blades, um, I believe, is the favor in this fight because he has the speed advantage, and um, you know he's had some great wins as of. Recently, uh, despite the Nungani loss, and uh, Dos Santos is getting up there in years. He has more miles on his body. He's been through more wars. And, you know, that could matter uh, as this is a main event that uh, could go the full five rounds. I'm going to take Blades here. I think uh, the speed advantage is going to be too much for Dos Santos to overcome. And uh, I think Blades also has better stamina. If this fight does uh, reach the later rounds, so I'm going to take Blades here to get a stoppage win, perhaps a knockout victory in either the third or fourth round. So look out for that heavyweight main event coming to you uh, January 25th from uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. And then in the co-main event on that same card, we have Rafael Dos Anjos against Michael Chiesa. Uh, Dos Anjos was once uh, the UFC champion, uh, but has since lost his belt and, uh, you know, has had a, a rough go of it lately. But, uh, you know, he's capable of turning around his career. He's one of the best grapplers. Uh, he's one of the, you know, he's shown to be a strong striker as well. And uh, looking at the odds for this fight... <clears throat> Uh, Dos Anjos is listed as a heavy favorite as minus uh, 280. And then Michael Chiesa is listed as an underdog at plus 230. Now, Chiesa is also a great grappler who's mostly known for his wrestling skills, not really much of a striker. And uh, he's also known for keeping a high pace and having great stamina. Now, Chiesa definitely is a live dog in this fight. Um, but he doesn't quite have the quality or the resume of opponents that uh, Dos Anjos has. And um, while Dos Anjos uh, did lose recently, um, he, he does have the ability to, to turn it around. And uh, this is a good uh, step-up uh, opponent for Michael Chiesa to test himself against. But he might have just bought off a little more than he can choose against uh, Rafael Dos Anjos. And if Dos Anjos does lose this fight, it would be really disappointing and it really fall far from where he once was in his MMA career. So looking at um, 
Dos Anjos recent record, he's fought you know the best guys in the division and lost. He let's look at his recent record. He beat Anthony Pettis by unanimous decision. He he beat then Donald Cerrone uh, by TKO body kick and punches, and then he beat uh, uh, he lost excuse me he lost Eddie Alvarez Eddie Alvarez by TKO punches, and then he lost a unanimous decision to Tony Ferguson. He followed that up with a unanimous decision win over Tarek Safadine, and then a submission win over Neil Magny, and then a unanimous decision win over Robbie Lawler. So he did bounce back uh, after that uh, loss to Tony Ferguson to win three fights in a row, but then he fought perhaps the two best guys at 170 in uh, Colby Covington that he lost to unanimous decision, and then he fought the current champion, Kamaru Usman, also and lost to him by unanimous decision. He followed that up, however, with an upset win over Kevin Lee, and then uh, lost to Leon Edwards by unanimous decision in his most recent fight, which was on uh, July of 2019. So, you know, some mixed results here for Dos Anjos, but he showed that he can compete with the best in the division with wins against guys like Kevin Lee and Robbie Lawler, and uh, Donald Cerrone, Anthony Pettis. Oh, he also beat Nate Diaz. I didn't mention that. So, DeSantis does have some great wins on his resume, but also some tough losses against uh, Eddie Alvarez, Tony Ferguson, Colby Covington, Kamara Usman, and most recently, Leon Edwards. So, DeSantis really needs some redemption here. He really needs to show he's the better fighter against Chiesa, and uh, needs to impose his will. Needs to take him down, needs to outstrike him on the feet, needs to use those strong kicks that he's known for and uh, get a get an emphatic win. So I'm going to take Dos Anjos here and Dos Anjos to win by decision because I think Chiesa is a very tough fighter. That's going to be hard to get out of there before the final bell goes off. Now let me move on uh, to Bellator 238. And uh, in this main event, we have uh, Bud versus Chris Cyborg. Now, of course, we know Chris Cyborg because of her, her she's one of the greatest women's fighters to ever fight in uh, the UFC or in MMA in general. She has unbelievable power, um, unbelievable skills, and then um, we were kind of surprised when she got knocked out so quickly by... Um, Amanda Nunes, perhaps the greatest women's fighter of all time. I'm willing to say she's the greatest women's fighter of all time. Currently the double champion in the UFC, and it doesn't look like anyone's going to knock her off anytime soon. Uh, and, you know, Cyborg was probably her toughest opponent that she's ever fought, and she walked right through her and knocked her out. It was a very impressive um, win for Nunes. And following that fight, um, Chris Cyborg decided to leave the UFC and uh, join with Bellator. And now uh, in her first fight with Bellator, she'll be the main event headliner and she'll be fighting uh, against uh, Julia Budd. And uh, Julia Budd, um, you know, she, I'm, I'm not really too familiar with her, more familiar with Chris Cyborg. So I'm going to take Cyborg to win that fight and most likely by knockout just because I think she's a different level of athlete than most uh, women fighters that she enters the octagon against and uh, I like Cyborg to win by knockout in either the first or second round so look out for that fight that's also coming up January 25th 
from the forum in Los Angeles. Uh, so enjoy that. Before I sign off, I just wanted to preview um, UFC 247, John Jones versus Dominic Reyes. And that uh, card will be taking place February 8th uh, from the Toyota Center in Houston, Texas. Uh, now, in the main event, we have John Jones against Dominic Reyes. Jones is listed as a minus 500 favorite. Reyes is a plus 350 underdog. They're, they both stand at 6'4". Um, and then John Jones has an 84.5-inch reach. Reyes has a 77-inch reach. John Jones has already established himself as the greatest light heavyweight of all time, but the question remains about how John Jones would fare at heavyweight. He's teased at the move that he would move up to heavyweight and perhaps challenge the champion Stipe Miocic for his heavyweight title. And if that fight does indeed happen, it would really add uh, to John uh, Jones's legacy as one of the greatest uh, fighters to ever step foot in the octagon. And if he could become a double champion at light heavyweight and also at heavyweight, it would establish himself as perhaps the greatest fighter of all time. So, um, but first things first, Jones has to get past Dominic Reyes in his uh, light heavyweight title defense. Um, Reyes has great power, he's got similar size to Jones, but where Jones uh, has advantages in reach, experience, unorthodox striking, footwork, um, takedown defense, there's just a lot of um, areas that Jones uh, is better than Reyes in. <clears throat> and um, Reyes is really going to have to look out for that big one-punch knockout, because if he doesn't get it, the more likely scenario is that Jones will uh, end up uh, beating Reyes. And uh, Reyes is going to be, I think, a tough fighter to get out of there. But I still like Jones to get the finish. I'm going to say a late finish in either the fourth or fifth round for Jones there. And uh, he will retain his light heavyweight title and perhaps set up a huge fight in the heavyweight division between him and Miocic. That remains to be seen. Um, Reyes, uh, in his last fight, looked absolutely spectacular against uh, Chris Weidman, who was moving up from 185 to 205 pounds in an attempt to resurrect his career. But that was quickly thwarted by Dominic Reyes, who knocked Weidman out and uh, emphatically uh, announced himself as a true contender at, in the light heavyweight division, which is the main reason he's getting... Um, this fight, this opportunity against Jones for the title. Um, however, John Jones did face his adversity his last time out. When he did, he fought Thiago Santos um, in the in uh, in July, and he and uh, he won a split decision against uh, Santos. Some people thought Santos won the fight. Some people thought Jones won, but Santos basically had to fight that. Uh, fight on one leg because he tore his ACL and MCL in the early rounds and uh, you know he still fought admirably despite being in against John Jones he still didn't get knocked out and the fight still went to a decision and the reason that Santos was able to be so effective despite being limited because of the leg injury is because he's such a powerful striker and has such a physical presence inside the octagon that it was hard for Jones just to overpower him and overwhelm him as he does sometimes with other opponents. 
And I would love to see a rematch between Jones and Santos because uh, Santos really gave him his toughest fight since when he fought Alexander Gustafson all those years ago. So um, if uh, he does not move up to heavyweight, perhaps a rematch between Jones and Thiago Santos could happen. Um, you know, Jones, I felt, was somewhat uh, fortunate to still retain his title following that fight. And I believe that if Santos was uh, healthy for the whole fight, that he would have, you know, had a good chance of getting the decision, if not a knockout against Jones. Um, so, you know, Jones has to still look at things he can improve on from that fight. And going into the Reyes fight, he should be an improved and hungrier fighter. And um, it should be a, a great heavyweight fight. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, light heavyweight fight that's coming up on uh, February 8th. And then in the co-main event, we have perhaps uh, the other greatest women's fighter that's not named Amanda Nunes when she fights, when Valentina Shevchesko defends her title against uh, Chukagian? Caitlin Chukagian. I'm not too familiar with Chukagian, so of course I expect Shevchenko to get the win once again. She proves to be a great uh, kicker and striker because she comes from a kickboxing background, and she can also um, take girls to the ground and uh, dominate them there as well. So there's just a lot of ways that uh, Shevchenko can win, and I expect this to mainly be a stand-up fight, and uh, Shevchenko should once again retain her title, and I'm going to say by knockout in either the second or third round. Uh, I just think Shevchenko is that level of athlete, unless uh, she fights uh, Amanda Nunes again, uh, I'm going to pick Shevchenko to win uh, most fights. Uh, looking at the measurables here for this fight, Shevchenko is listed at 5'5". Her opponent, Shikugian, is listed at 5'9". Um, the fight will be held at 125 pounds. Shikugian has a slight um, reach advantage. So look out for uh, UFC 247 coming up February 8th. And that concludes this episode of... Uh, combat bets on the believe network podcast i hope you enjoyed it tune into the fights this weekend and upcoming weeks thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube